Welcome to Masters of Growth, an insightful podcast with some of India's most interesting minds and their ideologies. Here, they will share their experiences on their road to glory along with any speed bumps that they may have encountered on the way. Today with us we have Rahul Rai, co-founder of Nicobar, a lifestyle brand. Prior to founding Nicobar, Mr. Rai spent about 20 years in investment banking and private equity with organizations like Goldman Sachs. He obtained a BA in computer science and economics from Boston University, followed by an MBA at Harvard Business School, where he graduated as a Baker Scholar. Rahul is a dedicated sports fan and regularly practices golf, squash, skiing, and marathon running. It is a pleasure to have you with us today, Mr. Rai. Um, so, Mr. Rai, could you just tell us what inspired you? Like, where did your story exactly begin? Sure, and for the rest of the podcast, you're going to call me Raul. Oh, okay, um, sure. And uh, you know, look, if you're referring to my being an entrepreneur right now, I I always feel uh, like Steve Jobs said in his commencement address at Stanford, you come to a point when dots in your life connect, and so there were three or four dots that really connected in my life. I lived in India for eighteen years, then I left for eighteen, and I came back in two thousand five six. And the first thing that struck me was the culture of working in India was different from what I was used to in the U.S. and Europe. So the first thing that really started burning within me was I wanted to create my own culture at work and my own way of working. So that's one dot. The second was I married my wife Simran, and she really has been my partner and responsible for a lot of my own growth. But after I married her. You know, her family started Good Earth. Her family started uh, built Royal Enfield, Aisha Trucks, and I saw this amazing family that thinks very long term, and yet has uh, a culture which is a lot of family values yet professionalism. So that was becoming very important to me: is that how do you create something with family values, a long term orientation, and professionalism? And third, interestingly, I started meditating with Sadguru, through which I found my purpose. And my purpose, purpose I define as inspiring India to modernize without necessarily westernizing. So, if you put those three together, it's about creating a brand that is rooted in India yet global, and and a culture that that encourages creativity, encourages growth in the workplace. Right. So now that like you've told me what inspires you on a daily basis, what does it? What motivates you? What makes your story not end? Um. <clears throat> You know, I think um, it is just this deep feeling of gratitude. Um, I feel very lucky for what I have, and and I'm at the stage where I'd love to share what I have with others. And uh, you know, so many people help me on my journey, right. and, and so I just feel I have to find ways to give back and help others. So, I, for example, I want Nicobar to be the best place that anyone has ever worked. I want it to be a place where they found themselves. Um, you know, as a as a my father, my, I grew up in a very loving home. I want to now give back to my kids. Uh, I'm crazy about sports, um, so that keeps me motivated. Also, is just you know friendships and the community, right. uh, and I feel very lucky to have this health at this age. Well, that was a beautiful answer. And you spoke about how you meditate with Sadguru, right? So, how has uh, meditation exactly changed your mindset, if it has in any way? 
You know, it's been dramatic. Uh, Ishar, I'll tell you, I grew up like very type A personality. If you ask me, you know, I just went through this um, and I'll tell you something interesting. But I grew up very type A, only playing sports, uh, never never slowing down. And uh, and with meditation, I've now found that that it is my anchoring. Ever since I did the auto, the inner engineering course more than 10 years ago, I think there have been four or five days I haven't meditated. But it's my morning routine. So meditation helps eliminate the noise. So so I talk about, you know, you're talking about Carol Dweck's uh, uh, fixed versus growth mindset. For me, we all learn by either action, reflection, or silence. Right? So in action, we learn by doing. Right. In reflection, we learn by tapping into our brains. Right. And in silence, we learn by turning off the brain and just tapping into the subconscious through the meditation. So I think these are all different. So I think without in a way that we don't even know, I think meditation helps us get a little more in tune with our subconscious, which I think is ultimately the root of a lot of what motivates us. You know, you speak about action, reflection and silence, and that actually has a lot to do with sports as well. And you just telling me that you being a sportsman as well. So how would you relate meditation to sports and has sports in any way also grown your mindset? Great question. You know, so I'll tell you about a story. We were in the Maldives. First time we left India after COVID was last November. And I meet this Swedish coach over there, a tennis coach. And and I was asking him, you know, why were all the Swedes so good in the 90s? And there was Edberg, there was Borg, there was Willander. And and he said, you know, it's not it's not because of the physical side. It was because of the mental training. He said Sweden started focusing on mental mental training a lot earlier than others. And then and then I said, what does that mean? So he said, you know, when you're playing a golf, and he used golf in my example, he said, you know, when you start out, you're thinking about, I want to hit it down the fairway. I want to then have it a little fade. Yeah. He said, but actually, once you're competing, rely on your muscle memory and switch off your thinking. Right. The less you're thinking when you're competing, the better you're going to play. And so to your point, it is exactly that. How do you switch off? First of all, you've got to switch off the negative thoughts. Yeah? So the worst thing you can do is, there's water in front of you. He told me, this is the worst. I'm not going to hit it into the water. That's the worst. Then you're going to say, okay, I'm going to hit it down the middle. That's the second worst. The third is you're just going to go there and you're just visualizing the swing visualizing where you wanted to go and it just goes there. You're not talking to yourself. You're quietening the mind. So I think just in sports also, when you train, you need to talk to yourself. But when you're performing, you need to quieten the mind. That's true because, you know, there's also a saying where they say golf is a game that is played on five-inch course and that's the distance between your ears. So I completely agree with you over there. And Coming to my next question now, you started Nicobar at quite an old age. I believe you were around 45 then. And, you know, these days we hear a lot, it's never too late to start. So could you just give us some insight on that? So, Ishara, I agree with everything you've said, except why is 45 an old age, buddy? That's Uh, also true. I I never considered myself. Old age is always 10 years away from where you are, okay? But, but, you know, let me tell you... um, uh, I think to go to that, 
look, when I grew up, uh, and I was just sharing this with my kids two days ago, my only goal was to get into a great college, right? And so that was like driving me. Right. And uh, then, then luckily through some luck, through some effort, I get into Harvard for my business school. Once I'm in Harvard, then I say, okay, now I need to be at a great firm and earn a lot of money by the time I'm 30. And then again, bit of luck, bit of effort, I get into Goldman Sachs. Then in the 30s, my aim became, okay, now that I've saved a little bit of money, I really need to become a managing director at a top tier firm. Again, I get a little bit of luck here, I work hard. And, and that's my goal in the 30s to become a managing director at some top tier, top tier firm. So I become one at, at uh, General Atlantic in private equity. Then in my 40s, it becomes, okay, now I need to have a, have a great family because I need a balanced life and, and some lovely kids. You know, that happens. Right. And then I say, okay, I've got one big innings in me. I want to create something on my own. I've been doing it with others. I've learned a lot, but I want to create something on my own. And that's what led to create Nicobar. And if you ask me now, um, you know, now my, my desire, in addition, now Nicobar is growing well. We have a CEO there. We have a great team. I'm very involved. But right now, I think my goal is to just feel a sense of freedom and embody a sense of being. And so to just continue learning, not worried about, not anxious about where it leads to. But right now, the biggest overarching thing in my life is to feel the sense of freedom, to feel the sense that I'm doing things that I want to be doing versus have to be doing. And I must say, touch wood, I'm very lucky in that respect. That's a great answer, first of all. And I completely agree with everything that has been said till now. But coming to my next question, you know, I think about almost half your life, you've, been, you've spent it abroad, if I'm not mistaken. So you must have brought many cultural values from abroad to India. So how have those shaped your life? You know, I don't see, uh, I, don't, I don't know exactly what all I brought about, but I do know that I started out in investment banking in America. Um, and, and that shaped my worldview because I worked like a maniac. So I used to get into the office at somewhere between 7 and 7.30 a.m. My boss had already got into the office and he had written down all the things that he wanted me to do for the day and photocopied it in his notebook and photocopied it and left it for me. Right? right. So I think one thing I brought back is really just, just good discipline, good work ethic. You know, when I went to college, you know, washing your own clothes, cooking your own food. So I think that's one. Two, I just think a genuine level of meritocracy, um, you know, that did exist a lot more um, in the environments that I worked in. Uh, you saw people from all kinds of walks of life having been given breaks. And this is now back in the 80s, 90s. Uh, and then third, you know, I just think a little bit of worldliness. And that's just because I was exposed to so many different cultures, right? Right. And India has such a deep history culture that we keep thinking of the world centered around India. But, you know, we are we are part of the larger cosmos. We are part of the larger world. So I think this thing of just seeing the interconnectedness is something also that I think I brought back. Now, how it plays out in Nicobar, I want Nicobar to be a place where we mentor people, where we really look after people because people mentored me. I want it to be a meritocracy. I want, you know, like I don't like anyone calling me Mr. I or Sir. Um, you know, I am Rahul just like everybody else. I was a security guard in college. I was a waiter. I was a bicycle courier. 
So, so I, I'd like to think that we have a culture where we talk exactly the same to the head of marketing as we do to the person in the warehouse. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that is an interesting way of looking at things. Of course, anywhere where you get exposure in life is going to change a lot of things in your actual life. So coming to my next question, like, what advice do you have for the people of my generation aspiring to become successful entrepreneurs? Um, you know, it's, the, it's, 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 it's somewhat my motto, which is the courage of conviction and the power of perseverance. I think you have to truly believe in something, right? And when you have that belief, don't let anything knock you off. But just be honest with yourself. Do you truly believe it? Or do you, you're doing it because there's a quick buck here or a quick, you know, high here? So the first thing is, you know, if you truly find what you truly believe in, and it happened to me only in the 40s, so it doesn't come easily. But look for what you truly believe in. And once you believe in it, the power of perseverance, never give up. You know, I didn't get into Harvard on my first try, but I didn't give up. I tried again. I got in. Um, and, you know, when I asked my wife to marry me, she first said no, I didn't give up. Uh, you know, seven months later, we got married. Um, so um, I, I just believe these are the two things, you know, just once you believe in something, I think the whole world conspires to help you make it happen. But your belief has to be authentic, has to be genuine. Thank you for that genuine answer. I hope to use that in my life as well. And thank you very much, Mr. Rai. Thank you for taking out time. I really appreciate it. Ishan, my pleasure speaking to you.